0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
2: Hi, hey everyone. Welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one of your hosts, Aaron Bresnitz. Hope everyone out there is staying safe and sane, taking time to check in on yourself and loved ones. We're excited to be sitting down with Chris and Jason of the How Long Gone podcast. We talk about the origins of the show. We talk about the album they just put out on Jag Jaguar called Ads Color. And we talk about some food, some music. It's a good hang. It's a great conversation. We appreciate them making the time. And then we dig into the archives for a performance from their label mates, Small Black, one of our favorite performances from the shipping containers in Brooklyn. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HRN.org.
3: We talk about food. We talk about music with musical dudes. Finger on the pulse, Snacky Tunes.
2: Snacky Tunes, Jason and Chris from the podcast, How Long Gone. Thank you for taking time out of your busy record schedule. I mean, this makes four for the week if you guys – if my math is right because you dropped three
4: every week. Yeah, that's right. Well, three and a half you know we'll see how long this one goes we usually go three four hours i don't know how if you do the no, same we don't God, no no we don't no, i'm, this I'm anti uh, this,
5: we're anti long podcasts so uh, don't try to drag us into some three hour monstrosity <laughs> for your patreon
2: no this is this, there's no paywall here we've been doing this for 11 years and haven't seen a penny
4: it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of walls not as much pay
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think the walls between us and the finances and not, the. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. you know, Jason, you, you and I go back a bit. Uh, I was happy enough to be, I think I was on the stew a couple times. And then you also mm-hmm. DJed one of our, our barbecues that we did back mm-hmm. at, I don't want to na- name the spot because it's uh persona non grata, but uh, back in Silver Lake. You, you are our <laughs> wait, pre- wait. Are you
5: saying did, wait? Does Mario Batali have a, a, a <laughs> barbecue place yeah, in LA? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It's, it's, Thought he was more of an Italian chef. It's, a, but, it's okay. the
2: Silver Lake version of that. But um... was it?
4: What, I mean, I don't. Honestly, I don't remember. I don't remember oh, whose house it was. It clearly, was so bitter, it was good. clearly
5: at Tenants of the Trees. Yeah. Clearly. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh <laughs>
4: yes, yes, yes. Yeah, the yeah, Tenants yeah. of the Trees. Yeah. That but whole we, club was on the airplane with Epstein. Man, they fucked up. Yeah. 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 I think that's where he had his coming out. And now it's a—it's become an unhoused stronghold, and you know, a place, a wall to lean against if you're going to get a bowl yeah. at Ubatuba. Tuba. I know this is a food podcast, so I wanted to bring it all back. Mm-hmm.
2: No, no, I appreciate Love it. Love Ubatuba. It's, yeah, yeah. If you get your TJs to go, you can just sort of mm-hmm. snack right outside of tenants. Oh yeah. <sighs> um, for people who might not be familiar uh, with the podcast, quick little history: you guys, the show. What's the vibe
4: of it? Hmm. Ooh, what's the vibe of our Uh, podcast we started it at the beginning of quarantine as just a couple of friends having a call with each other and now um you know it's sort of the same it's just us talking about our lives and then we interview different people but the vibe is i mean i guess the overall ethos is just keep it entertaining keep it fun not too serious not too political not too boring just like boom get in get out have a good time and then on to the next
5: yeah, not too boring is definitely – that's good, dude. I like that, Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah not
4: too boring. A and lot was, of podcasts have yeah, dead air and all that bullshit yeah. and people going, uh, 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 I yeah, actually think that. It's the uh, premise uh, of the timing because you guys do it in an hour or
2: less. I think when you let it go on forever, it's just – there's, not enough, no, to, there's true. not enough time to talk about all that stuff. Just give it an hour. Say, what, we'll get what we get and then come back another time See, if we the, left. Well, also, well,
5: problem- I, just, I, just, I just find it being a little bit too with, with – um, being respectful of people's time yeah uh, you know we're dealing with people we're not dealing with jordan peterson we have people that have things to do you know what i mean so it's a little bit like i want to be respectful of i want to be respectful of their time as well and not like not even necessarily like the the highest (laughs) profile people but just in general like i don't want to talk for more i don't want to talk for more than an hour i've got shit to do i have to actually make money you know
2: Mm -hmm. no i get that i mean i think it (laughs) <laughs> it allows you to get guests, especially since you do it all remotely, it would like say it's like you just fold it into your day. Come in. You're going to come for an yes, hour for yes. us. Talk about whatever. No pressure. Promote. Don't promote. In and out, mm-hmm. which is really nice. And it comes through because I think you guys get a lot of guests that maybe we wouldn't do a lot of
4: podcasts because
2: mm-hmm. they know that they're in, they're in good hands.
4: Um, That's right. That's right. We're not smart, but we are, we're good at conversating. You, you can either pick yeah. one or two. There's a lot of smart podcasters out there, bad at talking, bad at conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're great at conversations. Could be smarter.
2: Could be smarter. <laughs> it's smart. I mean, when did you guys... I'm no dummy. When did you guys look well, at each other and think that you had something? Like, what, was there a moment or a guest or an episode oh, where you go like, oh, this is actually not just us fucking around. Like, this is real.
4: Oh, um I, <clears throat> well i mean we had we had podcasted a bunch before we even started this so we sort of already knew that we had a good kind of back and forth vibe but as far as how long gone maybe yeah. like um i mean because we started out very very just out of the gate so we had like hari neff was our first guest who was yeah. like, a pretty pretty good name so yeah. like it was already kind of cooking from the beginning and it felt surreal but i think maybe when we had like phoebe bridgers on mm-hmm. yeah that was I when we I, started getting a lot of more press turned. and like yeah, that was, that was probably a more pivotal moment. Yeah. Because a mean, lot of- Cause cause after that we got that, our yeah. booking agency, we got mm. you know a lot of different press and like music magazines were writing about us and not just, you know, the New York yeah, Times. Yeah, I think there was
5: something. a weird there was a weird moment where like we were mentioned in the Faye Webster pitchfork review. Mm. Where I was like, mm-hmm. damn, these motherfuckers really be listening to this. Like the, mm-hmm. the opening paragraph is about her being on the show and I'm like, damn, okay. Like that not that you know, not that pitchfork is the end all be all, but it was like, wow, this is really like this is getting into di- a different territory right. than, than like we thirty to forty percent
4: of your best new music interview involves talking about us two guys who <laughs> she has never yeah. met yeah. in her life. And when mm-hmm. we recorded the episode, I remember being like, Oh, this chick doesn't really like us too much. And now she's got got that best new music framed on her mom's wall in her basement. And it's just talking about my dumb ass. So that feels good.
2: I mean, there is this thing about this sort of type of creative to like never recognize other people's projects as either like being competitive or just being like, I don't like I listen to you, but I'm never going to talk about it in public. But you guys were able Mm -hmm. to sort of jump over that threshold where people are like, I listen to this podcast. Other people listen to it. Like people were willing to talk about something that they actually all enjoyed, which is rare because people are like, did you hear my album? It's like, Oh yeah. I listen to it every day. And their actual response. is like, Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm once or twice. It's all right.
4: It's it's good. Listen like, to, like, it's, I've, I've listened to it every morning for the last 18 months. Yeah. 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 It's
2: like, it's like, yeah, yeah. I've, I've checked it. Out. I've checked it out. Um, how does it feel to be, to like have that, at least just being in the conversation, um,
5: because it's, I mean that's it's, the most gratifying thing yeah. to me. Like I love I love the the being part of the conversation. Like mm. I want that, and I think that's the you know the community aspect that everybody talks about and strives for mm-hmm. is that's how it's actually created. Like when you have some fan account making memes three times a day of dumb shit you say even though that's annoying you're like all right well this means it's working like yeah. there's, there's thousands of people that want to participate in this and talk about it negatively positively whatever and it, yeah, you know, to, to an extent yeah to an extent that's just like all right this shit's working you know um but like i don't think that um i don't know like what you know i i don't i don't What's the point if no one's talking about it? Is kind of where where I'm at a little bit. Well, I mean, I, well, that's, that's I, my I agree whole life. That,
4: but with, I think podcasting is so specific because it's such a singular activity. Listening to it, mm-hmm. and it almost is kind of private and naughty because it only lives in your AirPods while you're walking the dog or whatever. So <laughs> people don't necessarily talk about certain things. Like if you li- like if you listen to like a podcast like Come Town. You're probably sure. not going to like, that's not going to be your opening line at your cocktail party <laughs> that you get invited to this weekend. You're going to say like, oh, did you hear about this story about the Ugandan slaves on the daily? And then are right. like, that was very powerful. I do listen to podcasts as well. That's awesome. So yeah. like, it's interesting to do a podcast that is not like a very general NPR news type of story thing, you know, and we, we can get into it a little bit, throw some mud and stuff and, and people are still along for the ride. It's cool.
2: You do have this way of, because your guests do range from fashion, art, music, food, but there is this common thread that when you tune to listen an episode, you're like, all right, I have a good idea of like what I'm going to learn about the guest, what I'm going to hear. How do you approach your research or putting your interview questions together? Because it feels off the cuff, but... I also know that it's got to be research because you know a lot of inside baseball there. there's,
5: guests. there's, there's one, there's one criteria for how long gone. And it's our, <laughs> it's our rallying cry and what we live on. And is it, are they down to clown? Uh, that's yeah. the only question. That's the only question we ask. And if, if they're not obviously down to clown, then the challenge is can Jason and I convert them to the D to C lifestyle? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. and I mean, I think research, research wise, it's like, I, I mean, a lot of these people I'm tapped in with, like mm-hmm. whether I, I like what they do or I know them personally, or I look at the Wikipedia five minutes before I'm sure. not like, I don't, I think the reason it feels off the cuff, is it cause it is, it is a little, a little off of the bit. cuff.
4: No, you know, I mean, Jason totally does more research,
5: but you do a little more research than I do. So
4: but- what I like to do is if a guest is coming on, I don't want to like look at the wiki, so, you know, I'll go through the tweets and just kind of see where their heads at on a few opinions uh, but it could be any. like we had a girl, um, or a woman on, sorry, Joe Ellison, who's mm-hmm. like an editor at the Financial Times, like, you know, an older woman, she has like a teenage daughter, like a very successful, respected editor in the, in the writing world. And I went to her Twitter, I'd never heard of her, I didn't know anything <laughs> about her, I go to her Twitter, and her bio is like written kind of fucked up, and we spent 20 minutes talking to her about how her bio is weird like she did a hashtag but the hashtag was after the word not before the word and she decided to abbreviate her job title and it was just like it was just like e-i-d-t-r-t-m-f-t
5: it was just uh, much of letters
4: hashtag and we're uh, so we went through and she was on her phone live editing her bio like oh i have to change this i change that and so like it could it could be anything as dumb as that but it's something that's hyper relatable to everyone. Everyone ponders what they're going to write in their social media bio, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. I also uh,
5: think we've I also think we've hit this weird inflection point where it's like popular enough where if people check with their friends or their who their publicist or whatever they're told they should do it mm. and whether they've heard about it or not or whether they've listened to it or not and we love like joe is a great example joe had no idea what the fuck she was signing up for <laughs> like had no idea it's like six o'clock in london she's like yeah i'm gonna and she gets on and she's like what the fuck have i signed up for <laughs> and then 15 15 minutes in you see the tide change and she's like oh this isn't like, I don't have to do it. I'm not selling anything. I don't have to. F- These guys aren't asking me about, like, what I do for a living. These guys aren't asking me, like, what it all means. Mm. You are know, not and you asking see about the co-
4: intersection of fashion and tech.
5: Right. Yeah, you see her. Re- you see people <laughs> relax in this way that's like, yeah, man, we're not doing, like, we're not, that's not what this is. And, that, and, and I think that is always the best. Like, that's the best, you know, possible yeah. situation for us.
2: I think people are so burnt out of just having to talk about work every time they hop on a zoom or the internet or like with people totally, totally. So to get like an hour to, to D to C or to fuck <laughs> around. It's exactly. like,
4: it's, it's like, it's like, fun oh, to listen to people yeah. have fun. That's all it comes down to. Yeah. It's like, yeah, cool. tro- like totally. I, I, I'm not trying
2: to learn a ton of stuff here. Like it's, and if I do, I'll pop on like through line, but if, uh, mm. I just want to like hang for an hour while I like drive or walk or, you know, do something. Um, yeah, we've all we've all listened to
4: so many painful conversations on podcasts. There's been so many times where you're like, "Oh, Mark Marin has Benicio del Toro on, right. or whatever, you know, whatever is like, oh, this is going to be sick, like two kings battling. What's going to happen?" <laughs> and you, you know, 48 minutes in, you're like, "Nothing has happened. It's just nothing. You know, like there's nobody is having fun. It's weird. Just like because you want to have this serious moment, you want somebody to cry, you want somebody to talk about their process and how everything, sure. just like." Just talk as if you're hanging out in a bar. That's well, all you got to do. There's,
5: yeah, no, I think there's also, I think in the world of podcasting, and you've been doing this for a long time, you understand. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit of like a, I think there was a little bit of a trench, an unoccupied area where it was like, we're not comedians we're not like comedy bang bang dorks mm-hmm. but we're also not like <laughs> npr like let's dissect cancer sure. and there's there wasn't much in between you know what i mean there really wasn't there's not stuff that's just like kind of fun and, and to Jason's credit i mean i think that's what jason did with tall tales and like yeah. kind of owned yep. that lane in a way and i think that we just we just kind of got into that zone pretty quick cuz we both recognized that that's what we want to do and and that's also like what we're good at
2: yeah it's like a mm-hmm. it's a a good podcast hang like that's what the ethos is, is like we just it's like fun it's like cool i i can hang out i can learn a little um mm-hmm.
4: we don't have to talk about politics religion no. or anything you know, bummery. No. Same uh, with a bummery for a private.
2: Now, one of the things you guys do talk about um, a lot is food. Uh, Jason, more on the cooking side than Chris. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And even though you don't have always like a food guest on, it always does come back to like what you're eating, what you're drinking. Why do you guys like mm-hmm. that as a lane of conversation?
4: It's relatable to everyone. It's the most relatable thing in the world. Other than breathing, every motherfucker got to eat. Yep. And everyone has an opinion on it and everyone wants to hear someone's and disagree with it or be vindicated, agree with it, whatever it is. You know, yeah, if we, I, if we I... talk about a Phoebe Bridgers album, you know, 30% of the people listening have heard it and will will have an opinion on it. If I'm talking about grilled cheese sandwiches, every motherfucker is gonna have something to say about it, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, also I too, find it's a big that... part of our lives. You know, we love we love food, we love eating
5: i i don't i love restaurants but like a food and no, eating chris,
4: you come, love to eat chris
5: come on when have you seen me love to eat jason
4: when I you're did. on oxycontin
5: <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying yeah, look my but when i was shame eating pizza zonked out on the couch you wasn't there like the, no one saw that except me you know what i mean look i know that's that
4: what, we you love a good meal you love a good no arc. i do
5: I'm, I'm i'm being dramatic i'm being dramatic but you like, love
4: bread service I,
5: I do think it is very relatable that's that's like that is that is very true, and it's also something that everyone can talk about. No, you're not gonna stump anyone with like a a, a food related question. Usually that's an easy one to answer, uh, whether you're passionate about it or not.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, I know that there is a trope on the show, Chris, about you talking about how you don't care about food, but I would say you do talk about more enjoying going out to restaurants like you talked about going to indochine and going out to yeah eat. like yeah. i think and <laughs> which jason, i just
4: learned is a vietnamese restaurant i want to redact that from our, our last episode <laughs>
2: well, well we'll we'll add it to the uh, fact check part at the end of the show <laughs> um but it's interesting because i get the impression chris you like the experience going out to eat like the whole like um, entertainment yeah, service sure. ritual event and jason you're drawn a little bit more to cooking at home like what do you guys mm-hmm. like about both aspects of of what draws mm-hmm. you more to the food world
5: uh, I mean I I I just think going to a restaurant is one of life's great pleasures. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in looking up a recipe and mm-hmm. buying a bunch of fucking spices and <laughs> and using a stove and doing dishes like it just seems crazy to me. Like uh-huh. it just doesn't it doesn't give me any joy or pleasure, but that being said, I respect the art form greatly. Like I, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to be good at it and I mean I get to experience that Jason Cooks for me all the time and it's fucking incredible and I have a lot of friends that are really good at it. Which makes me want to do it even less. Like it, 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 like it makes me right, want to participate even less. Why? You
4: know I mean? Why um, enjoy the Zen art of motorcycle maintenance when ten of your friends are really good at fixing motorcycles?
2: Exactly. Exactly. Jason, what's yeah, been drawing I'll, you in the kitchen? What have you been
4: cooking these well, days? Well, I mean, I'm I'm the same as Chris. I love going to a restaurant. I love the pageantry of it. Yeah. I love you know the whole process and everything. The the energy in the room. It's amazing. One of my favorite things in the world to do. But you know, because of these unprecedented times going on, you know, restaurants are really taking a shit. Service is bad. It's mm. just not the same as it used to be. You know, it's so I really like the control aspect of cooking at home. Since I know how to cook whatever I want to make for the most part, I can just make it at home. It's going to, and I'll be in control exactly of what's going to happen. I'll make it exactly how I like it. And if it's something that I can't make like sushi or, you know, crazy Chinese food in a walk or whatever it is, then I'm happy to go out and get that.
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely been the last few years have been like that balance of wanting to support the restaurant industry, but then also realizing how expensive and like, (coughs) and forget the money part about how sometimes it's just like a disappointing service, especially at a new place or a place that is like not on their top of the game. And just
5: we're done. We're done with, we're done with over tipping COVID we're done with the COVID (laughs) over tipping. And I love to tip, but we're done. We're done. Like where we had a conversation about this the other night, how, how it's like, I, is it time to do we really need to tip 50 percent on the on the latte anymore like these people are <laughs> these people are making more money than we are at a certain point we gotta we gotta walk <laughs> it back man we gotta i i want all of our restaurants to thrive but at a certain point like i have to eat too
2: yeah and mm-hmm. you want to re- reward good service you just don't want to reward of course like, just service
4: i always reward yeah. good service and yeah. i i, I disreward bad service gladly as well i'll hit you with a 12.5 bitch (laughs) fuck around and find out i'll hit you with a 22.5
5: no i mean well um, 22.5 you're so generous
4: (laughs) generous. the problem is it's just like it's so few and far between that you have those meals where like oh everything really did work out the food Mm. was good the service was good and there was a value an extra, that's uh, that's, yeah. that's proportionate to the cost to the food that's all it is
2: yeah um i 90- don't
4: care if it costs five hundred dollars for dinner if the value is there then we then we're doing it
2: yeah I, but if, if you go to something-
4: antico and spend five hundred dollars mm. you get a fucking steak that tastes like anchovies and two pastas that smell like my foot after after equinox then yeah then it's gonna be a problem no alcohol
5: i can't think of a restaurant when's the last time you and i've been to a restaurant where you left satisfied that's the real question
2: i feel like chris i've heard you that's what i'm saying is like i've heard you talk more about leaving restaurants satisfied than i have heard jason
5: yeah that's because i don't care about Uh, the food I mean, I do. I mean, it needs to be edible, of course. But like, I'm just, you know, my like,
4: criteria if, for a win is is much more intense mm, than his. He I'm he, he to knows think. what he's gonna get. He's gonna get a shrimp cocktail. Yeah, and the okay. shrimp cocktail pretty much tastes, you know, it's either it's either good or it's like I'm barfing. It's you know, it's always good. And then he'll get you know a piece of fish that's forty seven dollars. That's it. Yeah, that's good. it.
5: Yeah, I'm not getting. I'm not trying to experiment, but I'm trying to think of where we. W- I don't wine. know if we. I don't know All where right. we've gone r- lately that we both really liked it. I I don't I can't it, think it, of it. The a... first
4: time we went to horses. That's that was true. Good. That's true. But then That's after true. that, yeah. you know, that horse got to lay down to pasture. Uh,
2: <laughs> so you guys have also dabbled in the food world. With certain Turn
4: people. him into glue, Darren. That's what he said. That's uh-huh. what Darren said. You guys have yeah. uh,
2: put out coffee. Uh, you guys had a <laughs> vegan br- breakfast sandwich. <laughs> when's the next collab are we gonna get like a like an air One
4: smoothie or i wish soon? we're
5: we're working on we're working on i forgot jason we need to we need to restart the conversation with our favorite sandwich bro
4: oh yeah we got an uncle polly's sandwich coming out
5: <laughs> yeah we're doing we're doing it's we're gonna going to be our
4: version of uh it's like a guido california hippie sandwich if that makes any sense <laughs> <laughs> it's right, gonna have w- avocado sprouts and the sausage and the peppers <laughs> and, the, and the garlic
5: aioli when the when Queens meets Glendale, you ain't ready.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, Here's a song from the archives. Come back. Talk about your your album that came out, Ads Colors. Oh, baby. Let's go. Uh, here we go. A song from the archives on Snacky Tunes on HRN.org.
6: to my window cell
2: Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We are with Chris and Jason of How Long Gone. Um, you guys recently released your first album back in December, Adds Color, on Jag Jaguar. What's the story mm. behind it? What made you want to put out um, an album?
5: Uh, uh, well, great <laughs> yeah, great question. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I... Honestly, we just met. We we were in uh we were in Indianapolis working on the coffee cuz our roaster is there, Tinker mm-hmm. is there and we met Eric from Jag Jaguar. He lives in Bloomington and he drove for dinner and it kind of it kind of came up organically um at, at a meal and then I just kind of was like it was a little loose when we left and I was like we gotta make this happen because it's so Mm -hmm. crazy like I'm just gonna make this I'm just gonna like really hammer this until it works Mm -hmm. Um, and it started off forced their hand really yeah exactly the idea like was a little a little more complicated, of course, you know, and then and then you realize what you can actually do. And we had been doing our music show, and we were like, "This is kind of the perfect. We know how to do this. It's pretty simple and straightforward." And they obviously have the rights to all these songs for us to talk about them. Um, and it was just fun, and they're cool. I mean, they just they get the joke, and they know that it's like it's mm-hmm. just fun for everybody, and it's not that serious, and no one's going to lose or make any money, but that's fine.
2: Mm-hmm. I sort of like projects like that these days where it's like it's going yeah. to exist. We're going to make something tangible that you can hold. We won't make money. We won't lose money, but it's something to do. I mean, you guys put out a CD, which is mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah, I mean, now, it's we, funny. now we get it's, to
4: say we put out a CD and, you know, we get press around it and people are like, how are you on Jag Jaguar? And, you don't and also, anything, yeah. And you know? also,
5: I, well, I mean, the the return of this the CD obviously is is uh, you know on the tips of a lot of people's tongues, and I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to say I don't want to say we it's did it first because we didn't obviously, but we did obviously we double
4: gatefold disc. It's a beautiful yeah we. See
5: we it, put it we put it maybe back into the zeitgeist you know what i mean i don't want to i don't want to take Darren, too much we credit. call that
4: the gone effect where oh uh, um, yeah <laughs> wouldn't you know it something that we talked about maybe three to four months earlier becomes sizzling hot the opposite yeah, no. of a steak from antico
5: but to me it was just like what are we gonna what what do we what do we do because like i vinyl is stupid tapes are even more stupid like cd is the cd is the only physical medium that i think is cool Spotify's even canceled. I, uh, yeah is you can't use spotify anymore so but it's like i didn't <laughs> it's the only thing it's the only one we could do you know it's the only physical physical one we could do i think i don't know what and else it would have been
4: the, it's the the medium of media that is closely attached to our life and childhood you know we Ooh, grew up with cds true. not vinyl or you know maybe cassettes very early in our lives but it's just a big part of our lives. It's a format that we're familiar with. We know how to use it. We all have cool vintage Mercedes Benzes and Land Rovers that all have mm-hmm. CD players in them. They don't have cassette decks in them. No. You know, it just makes sense.
2: Did you want to sign to a label or beyond this, beyond just putting out this CD? Did you like being having a like a uh a, yeah,
5: are you, a are home you team? Kidding, bro?
2: <laughs> Fuck
5: yeah. This is like this is the, the wildest shit. I, I say this all the time. I have no talent. And I got an I got a record out that, and we're label mates with people who are like truly geniuses. You know, what I mean, the whole thing yeah. is insane. Yeah, of course. And Eric, yeah. I mean, I get I to talk see Jonathan
4: junior in an elevator and be like, "What's up, bro? We're uh, label mates."
5: Yeah, yeah. No, like, what I do mean, you do? I'm like, I'm a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, I, and they're just they're cool. Like everybody over there is cool. They've been supportive in the right way, and like if we ask for something reasonable they usually can make it happen it's like exactly the relationship you want in, in in a situation like this and we also i think we also know where we stand we're not like you know where's the out of home campaign guys yeah, yeah we, we, sure. recon- <laughs> we recognize that w- what everybody is here for and what we're all trying to do you know like we we everybody agrees
4: we're all cool man and we got to hey, do man. uh what's in your bag at amiibo which is you know
5: a big goal you know,
2: of ours which was great and it's it's so interesting, uh, you know, Chris, you and I have chatted, DM'd a bit about uh, Dan Ozzy's sellout book and Looking Backwards. And yeah. Atlantic put out an article this week that was like old music is scooping new music. And and so the whole idea of looking backwards to CDs and, and bands like that is just something where I I don't know if it's coalesced around this whole thing, but it feels like in the last like six months to a year. It's like, oh, everyone else is just going back and listening to old music. Or listening to bands.
5: Yeah, but like I, rock yeah, and roll, things pe- like that. I think people are looking for meaning in this, you know, terrible world we live in. And you know, I think that like any bit of nostalgia is what people it's gotten mm. crazy, you know, honestly. Like even in the last couple of weeks, like all these festivals and shows that are happening with all these bands that we grew up with and it's like i mean it's getting dark it's like it's like bands i'm like i don't even know who this is you know what i yeah. mean but they're <laughs> it's, it's getting crazy but like that's just what's gonna happen i mean that's what it, it traditionally has always happened but i think that the pandemic has just made, the pandemics, pandemics just made it more extreme i think the pandemic pandemic has made it a little more extreme
2: right because it's just like we interviewed this band uh out of new zealand and partially because of their age and where they're located and things like that but he's like He's like, I haven't really seen a lot of live music in my life, and I just listen to older music because it doesn't matter because I'm not seeing anything live anyway. Mm,
5: mm-hmm. Interesting. Which so, I, like I, was don't, really I don't... Inter-
2: like, I don't care about the new stuff because I can't see anything anyway. So everything's open to me. And I just listen to like seventies and eighties and early two thousand rock, and that's what his music sounds like.
5: Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that's I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, look, I I'm looking. I mean, I'm <laughs> looking at fucking. You know, yesterday I get the update you know of song exploder it's fucking franz ferdinand take me out and i'm like god damn it like <laughs> this is how far we've gone like i mean that song was huge but like it's just th- because that's- we're
4: old guys this, i mean w- remember when we were kids and and puff daddy would sample all these old 70s disco yeah, but- songs and right. then everyone all the old heads were just like he ain't making music he's just copying it and then we were kids and we we're like I don't give a fuck. It's cool. And now, you know, and now it's always been happening. This is just how it always goes. No, totally. totally, totally. I think the
2: only difference now is that when he would sample Led Zeppelin or something like that, it wasn't Led Zeppelin coming back out in the same way that, I don't know, Jawbreaker is coming out to play Dear You, and I'm super pumped about that, but it's not uh, Drake sampling accident prone for a new song. Yeah. yeah. Yeah
5: yeah thank you're lucky jason's not producing anymore that could be you could have just given away the keys
2: yeah 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 um so you guys did your own version of live shows you did a tour last year um yes Mm -hmm. how did you like being out on stage and uh how did you guys like the live environment i mean you know what did you take away from what you like about live music live shows and things like that bring it to your your show
5: uh well unfortunately i don't really like live music uh so that wasn't that wasn't really a big thing for true? me but i mean i have to know it i have to like really care like i have to really like it like i, I i'm not gonna just go check out a band sure like i'm not That's fair. i'm not gonna do that That's fair. i mean well, I, 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 I did I like that live, for 15 years yeah.
4: i like live music as long as there's a place to sit down so we made sure that was what we took into our podcast tour make sure we got chairs
2: deeply appreciated by the way
5: no, but we had we had a blast. I mean, it was it was super fun, and I think that like um, I mean, we'll definitely be doing more of it. And I think that we did it in a way that felt you know like us. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it's like I don't want to do a show at the Bell House. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I want to do a show at Bowery Ballroom. Like I just don't like. Mm-hmm. It, it's just another thing that I feel like we should never have access to that we do, so we have to do it that way. Mm. <laughs> like we have to do it the the way that like we can get away with. And also, I think working with High Road is like that's what they do. I mean, that's like where they book bands, so it all made sense to do it in these places like like Bowery Ballroom or the Lodge Room or Shubas or whatever.
2: Lodge Room, what probably best venue in LA? Yeah,
4: that, that place.
5: Great. I I'd never been there. Obviously, I hate Highland Park. It was amazing. Like. <laughs> Great, Honestly, I great, loved it. Great green loved
4: room. It. The green room had two stories. Amazing. Yeah, was great. great
5: green room. Whole vibe was whole vibe was good. And you guys great have show. also
2: talked about doing what I guess Fred Armisen did and comedians did, but opening up for bands and things like that. Do you have any plans to do that in the future? Is that where you would want to go? Do you just want to because you had bands open yeah, for man. you, but would you want to flip no. it and and say like, hey, we're gonna open the show? How would you sort of bridge that gap, or would you just be like, we're just gonna try and win them over? for those who want, i mean to i think
5: it. yeah we've talked about this a lot because like we do want to do that and that's something we've talked to our agents about and some jason and i've talked about because i think it's like a logical next step but it's also like yeah i mean what crowd what, like we're talking about getting on festivals now it's like yeah we could probably do pitchfork but those they're like a bunch of humorless dorks like it's Ooh. not going to work you know what i mean so it's like we have to pick our battles of like who do we think would we compliment, you know what I mean, whose crowd would, would get what we're doing, whose crowd has listened before, you know, that whole thing, which is a, is a delicate dance, I would say.
4: Yeah. But it's also, I, I think it's a little bit of kind of like a sign of the times with our unfortunate um, decline of attention spans where I see a scenario where people would rather sit, you know, we, they would rather just watch us like crack jokes and make fun of music and the bands playing for 15 minutes then like wait for you know some opener to like set up all their gear and sound check mm-hmm. and and then play their songs that you've never heard before hmm. strike all their gear have the you know it's like they're like it's it's just too much and they would rather you know the chances of them enjoying us just interviewing Phoebe Bridgers after she performed on stage and cracking some jokes is going to hmm. be much more entertaining than yeah seeing some loser ass band play
2: or hearing the sound guys cd or mix
5: yes exactly (laughs) yeah the other the the other option no 100 percent. i mean okay
2: okay cool man i think
5: we'll i think we'll figure out i mean uh, i mean historically this is like there's a precedent for this like people have done this whether it was in the 70s or whatever so it's like candleston would open
4: for acdc or shit like that you know but and you really get to pump the crowd up and you get to get them revved up and we can go like ladies and gentlemen rose and then <laughs> before because otherwise the band playing before Cigaroos is going to finish an hour before they ever go on, and you're just going to be like, oh mm.
2: uh, yeah, that energy really does take a dip, especially now when it's like no, it does. a, a four-hour show. There's two bands, it's 45 minutes mm-hmm. in between, and you're like, okay, all right, okay, yeah,
5: it's, you know, it's too much. It's yeah, too you much. guys should uh, hop much. over
2: to the Shrine. You should guys come warm up the bjork crowd for the weekend.
5: <laughs> I think that would go really would well. Love us, to yeah. do
2: that. I, I think that's exactly. Uh, That's the center of my diagram.
5: Um, Exactly our crowd.
2: So you guys are about to hit 300 episodes. I imagine we're going to get probably a lot more after that. What are you looking forward to? You got some guests coming up, but, you know, what are you hoping to do with the show, have on, any dream guests, things like that?
5: I mean, we we, we just want to keep cranking, honestly. I Mm. think we, after last year was pretty crazy and, like, the tour and the whole thing, it was kind of like, you know, before before this this year started we kind of sat down we're like let's just like podcast for a while like let's just Ooh, do our yeah. sh- our show and like get as good as we can at it and obviously like book the guests that we want and keep on doing what we're doing and then get on the, the 10, business side hours
4: in. yeah exactly <laughs> on the business
5: on the business side just put in the work and figure out what the next move is you know what i mean whether it's shows or or things that are bigger than that it's like we have to we just have to figure it out you know but the the reality is you can't you know uh you can't focus on that stuff more than the show itself or there's going to be an issue Mm, and i think that's that's a fine line too
4: yeah the show show itself always takes precedent and then um you know we we've done 300 episodes in less than two years so amazing it really is a lot of like a testament to hard work and just like getting in and doing the reps listening to the podcast going back and knowing where you can improve where you can't improve so I think we kind of have our formula down and our confidence level is up on what we can and can't do. So all we have to do is just, like like Chris said, keep potting. And then hopefully, you know, we'll have access to more and more guests that we didn't have access to before as our show grows. And we can get, you know, David Spade on and Nigella Lawson and, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, great. Everyone else in between. <laughs> I mean, the
2: consistency is key. Like the fact that you guys. are. No, it is. It really is.
5: I mean,
4: that's that's people
2: ask all the time, like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I want to do this. I'm like, all right. Like, the biggest thing I can say is, like, are you willing to set a schedule and stick that schedule? And then everything yeah. else is like, you'll get there. You'll you'll just keep doing episodes <clears throat> and it'll get better, it'll get worse. But can you say we're going to do this three times a week, once a week, twice a month and then do it? Mm-hmm.
5: No, no, 100 percent. I mean, I think that's the thing you see. Thank people. God
2: most people can't.
5: Yeah, you see people flame out with whatever it is, you know, and it's like four, I four think episodes it's just,
2: about baseball statistics, and you're like, glad <laughs> glad you bought two thousand dollars worth of gear. Yeah, <laughs> well,
5: well, thank the, you. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah.
4: The problem and the benefit is the better the better the podcast is, or better the band is, or whatever it is, the easier it looks, and the more you think, oh, I could do that. And people mm-hmm. email me all the time, and they're like, oh, we listen to you guys, it's just two fucking friends bullshitting about where they had lunch that day, and you know where they're gonna work out. I can do that, anyone can do that. And luckily most people can't really actually do that.
2: Yeah, it's it's and, the booking the gas, the putting the time in and it just seems you guys make it seem effortless but it's 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 uh, it's a lot of we work. We work
4: very hard on it. We work very hard on it. It's good.
2: Uh well listen, I, thank you guys for taking the time. If people want to check out um the podcast, see when get some merch, see when the new drops are coming for for collaborations or uh, reach out to see if they can get a spot on the show for booking agents. Where can they go? Definitely.
5: Definitely. Don't do that. Uh, how long gone. How long gone.com is the website. Everything is there. Um, and then, you know, Jason and I are of course on, on Twitter.com and all the, all of that stuff for the real time action. If that's what you truly crave and new shows action. are out. New shows are out everywhere. You listen to podcasts Monday, Wednesday, and Friday without fail.
2: Amazing. Well, thank mm. you, guys. I uh, really appreciate making the time. Oh, we of course. Have, thank you. Yeah. We have a song from the archives and then we have uh, a performance from the archives from your label mates, Small Black, here on Snacky oh, Tunes. Oh, yeah. Let's
5: go. Let's go. Let's, Let's go. go.
2: had to save it for you guys. Here we go thank on Snacky perfect. Tunes on HRN.org.
7: perfect day in the stardust of a melody. This day is a
1: This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Root 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate. An incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Root 11 Potato Chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit RT11.com.
2: Well, I'm looking at four proud fathers of their new baby. Is an album a girl or it's a girl, right? Right? Sure. Sure? Yeah. yeah. So, six days old. Have you guys slept? How's she doing? She all right? She crying a lot? Keeps us up
8: at night. Yeah. Um, Just give her a little whiskey every night, and then she goes right out.
2: Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, Limits of Desire is out. Super excited. How do you guys feel about it? I feel great. Yeah?
8: Yeah. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on it, but it was worth it, and I don't know. We're really proud of it.
2: Um, What's it like to... uh, sit down and write an album these days and put it out in the crazy world that is the music industry
8: it's an interesting question um, I don't know it's like something like a release date is such a weird thing now because the album streaming a week before right people have stolen it you know a couple weeks before that so
2: oh really like- were you were you guys hacked
8: yeah, I mean, I think it only it got leaked like maybe two weeks before, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, it wasn't, it was wasn't too bad. Yeah, no, that's about as bet the best you can hope for. So, um,
2: how I, does it feel to see a leak of your album? Cool. Yeah,
8: because people care enough that they're they're steal. looking for it. Yeah. yeah, it's fine. You know, I I think everybody steals music. It's it's just the reality of things. You pay for what you can afford. So yeah, everybody that hears our band is you know. We're lucky for them to check it out. So give us a quick history of the band. How'd you guys all meet? Ryan and I are from Long Island. Strong Island? Yeah. And yeah. we're friends from back then. And then Jeff and Juan are friends from college. And then we kind of buddied up and started the band. Supergroup? Yeah. And what year was that? 2009.
2: Okay. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. Been yeah. a minute. Four years, are you guys still all friends?
8: Yeah. Uh-huh. Tour, tour, will make every, makes everybody crazy, but then we chill out for a week and become friends again.
2: That's because Tor isn't natural. Like, Tor is no. the most unnatural, we're going to put you in a van, we're going to give you no sleep, and yeah. it's like... Lots of stress. Lots of stress.
8: Yeah, everybody has had their meltdowns, <laughs> so just you know try to manage them.
2: I wouldn't trust a, a guy or a girl in a band on a tour who didn't have a meltdown, because then you're like, oh, this person's fucking crazy, and they're Actually,
8: this it. guy, Ryan... I can't. Th- Maybe Ryan hasn't had a meltdown. Really? He's a real even keel. I guess not. He's I a guess good I'm to totally nuts. Because when you're acting like a nut, you just look at Ryan. He's very sensible and calm, <laughs> and then you feel bad about yourself.
2: What's uh <laughs> What's the food stitch on the uh, on the road? We
8: don't play around. We eat real well. Really? We don't, we don't eat crap. We're we're super into Yelp and like we'll when we're on like a long drive, we we plot out all the cities that are on the route and we'll call an order in in advance and pick it up on the way oh you're
2: no joke yeah yeah, we're not eating you try not to do crap. this you know gas station shit the, the 99 yeah. cent burrito yeah exactly I mean
8: cause really when you're on a 10 hour drive the only thing to look forward to is something good to eat so what's uh what's some of your favorite places like cities or restaurants hit me with both um we've had really good luck in Phoenix have you gone to America's Best Tacos near the airport No, but I want to.
2: We'll uh, we'll trade info. They do this carne asada, and they just put it in eight different types of, like, wraps.
8: That sounds really good. We wanted to do that. We went to this place called Fez, which is like a sandwich joint, and Triple H from WWF was there.
2: Oh, yeah. Fez and Phoenix?
8: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Some other band was on the show talking about Fez.
8: That's crazy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's you know, I you know I think it's uh, I think there are just communication between bands. I mean, look, you're all looking for good food at a certain price yeah. point in certain towns. Yeah, you're gonna come across the same thing.
8: It's true that yeah, that place has been a go-to. Um, what was the name of that diner we ate at in Denver? Oh, it's something with an S. I wish I knew the oh, name. That food was yeah. delicious. Really good fried chicken. Um,
2: guys, anyway, all right, so let's anything. do. Yeah. I'll look it up I'll see if we can find it You said S Diner, Colorado? We'll we'll find it, yeah Is it in Denver? Alright, we'll see if we can find thing. So uh, you you guys gonna rip a song for us? Yeah, let's do it What song are you playing first? The song is called No Stranger Alright, here we go Small Black, New Dads Of the new album The Little Baby Girl No Strangers here on Snacky Tunes It's a summer jam. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. That's a, a straight-up summer jam. So what's the writing process for you guys? Is, uh, you know, I heard you when you guys were warming up before the show started, there was definitely a little bit of jam going on. You guys jam it out, and then you uh, figure out songs really, from there? We do some jamming.
8: Yeah? It's really a different song to song. Um, yeah, some are from jams. Some are from a song somebody brings to the band, and then we kind of rework around all the different elements. Um I think for this record, songs didn't really become contenders for the record until they had a hook that we thought was good and that we, l- we latched on to. So I think that was the, the main criteria as far as how we followed through and finished things. When, I think one of the things that I like
2: now, or when you can definitely tell that a band wrote an album and not just a single, and you guys put out an actual album. So what's it like when you're structuring not just going for one song, but a whole start to finish and placement and things like that. I just was reading about um, The Breeders' 20th, 20th anniversary, The Last Splash, and they're like talking about song placement and structure and the way it goes, and I feel that that's a lost art.
8: Yeah, um... I would say with this record, like Free at Dawn, the first track, was definitely designed as an intro track, and the last track, Outskirts, is, um... definitely was always designed to be the ending. So, um... We had that in mind, and then I think the rest things start to, as you as you get closer with the mix, they start to really show their head as to where they belong in the record and what role they serve. You know, there's a couple songs that we cut from the record that I think are really good that just weren't, you know, they didn't serve the proper role in the record.
2: And do those become seven inches, or what do you do with those? Um, I guess we're kind of
8: we just put the record out, so we're still figuring out what to do. But yeah, seven inches are great. EPs, you know, it's it's kind of what
2: You know, you got to respect record store day for I think breathing life back into the 7-inch and making yeah. it like a new commodity. I feel for a few years uh that was not a thing. And you know, the digital download or like the free song, but there's something nice about having it be tangible, even if it's 200 copies and you, re- you release it online. No, I
8: I love 7-inches. I think that's probably the music form I buy the most just because it's 5 or 6 bucks. It's a nice way to support the band. You get the cool art. I, I mean, I like the general size of a 7-inch. It looks great. And I don't know. It's usually got some track that's not as easy to find on the net. Yeah? On the B-side. Do yeah. you find that people aren't ripping 7
2: inches as much as they are
8: albums? I mean, they do. I mean, everything eventually ends up on YouTube. But um, I think it's sometimes harder to find, like, that nice MP3 or something that you want to listen to.
2: Yeah. What's your most uh, prized 7-inch?
8: Um... Yeah, Juan's yeah. brother is like a like a deep, '80s DJ. So, <laughs>
9: Musical
8: Youth. Yeah. Yeah, El DeBarge, Seven Inch. Yeah. Oh, really? That's great. That's the summer jam. That's like oh yeah. The all- there's your dub right there. Yeah. yeah. Pop, but the, the jam, kid vocal. When you can get away with it, is really great.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, there's a lot of fun. I also like playing Seven Inch. I mean, DJing is fun. Yeah. But I no. usually just bring out the computer and do the whole serato thing but the seven inch thing is fun you're really working especially yeah. with you know those are two three minute songs
8: and you're you're sweating and you better have those records organized or you're gonna be playing some trash
2: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> nothing is nothing is uh shorter than when you don't have the next song queued up or longer than when you played the wrong song <laughs> yeah no you can't Ouch. get yeah you can't get out of a the seven there's no yeah, like there's no drag and
8: drop a new song Nah. No, you gotta let, you gotta let that bomb play out.
2: Now, are you guys doing any barbecues this summer? Are you guys cooking or? Juan, playing any Juan
8: is the is the guy. He's a deep barbecue. Juan, what you got? Uh, he's
2: well, a, he's I'm, our
9: foodie
8: guy. He's the go to. I'm, I'm
9: from Argentina, so we have uh, asado down there. It's oh yeah, very very different style than That's here. That's like a big flame. That's yeah. The, yeah, And it's every house has a, basically like a clay giant barbecue built into the backyard. It's There's a joke in Argentina that every house starts with the barbecue and then builds outward
2: from there. Well, we got the barbecue. (laughs) We're thinking about building a house around it, right?
9: That's pretty much Argentina. And it's just incredible, the the meat quality. It's lean but very flavorful down there. And the cows are very healthy. Just incredible food. And produce, it's kind of like anything that you would have to go out of your way to get here, organic. It's just kind of regular there. Uh. So that's kind of the best because you don't feel like you're doing gourmet cooking. You're just doing regular cooking. But it's like...
2: Cool. Well, there was a time when regular cooking was just gourmet cooking.
9: Exactly, yeah. exactly. What's your? Is that your? I mean, what do
2: you do in Brooklyn? Because I am assuming
9: I would love to. I've been trying to think about importing the grill. It's like a V-shaped yeah. grill because it catches the fat, doesn't yeah. let the fat drip and smoke up into the meat. Uh, so I'm thinking about importing one of those and building one. We're also talking about doing a smoker in the backyard this summer, smoking some whole chickens.
8: That's nice. Yeah, yeah. we're not we're not playing around. No, we're into it.
9: It's, yeah. uh, I think the
2: uh, backyard. Brooklyn barbecue scene. Yeah. No, no people don't come here to play. No, no. No. You know, everyone's
9: a foodie now. You better
2: not show you with some pre
8: made yeah. patties.
9: Oh no. Oh yeah, exactly.
2: Like I was in the bodega yesterday and I saw those uh pre wrapped cheeseburgers. Oh and I was God. like who still Does it buys unnecessary. Those? unnecessary.
8: Unnecessary.
2: Unnecessary. Alright, enough about food. Let's let's do another, let's do another song. <laughs> we'll talk about food all day. Uh what do we got next?
8: The song's called Sophie.
2: Okay, here we go. Uh small black Sophie here uh live on Snacky Tunes. best describe your music? Oh, man. I'm kidding. I'm not going to ask you music <laughs> questions like that. Let's get Thanks. back to the food. Um, so what is your favorite uh, time of the year to eat? Are you guys barbecue men or are you guys, actually, are you guys like winter
8: soup dudes or things like that? Come um, on
2: in. You're the food guy. Don't yeah. stand in the corner. Yeah. Right.
8: Just over. There, I just I'm like to eat fried chicken all the time.
2: You know, there was a good article in the Times last week. About how to fry chicken and how, if it's not deep fried, it's not that bad for you.
9: If which, it's not deep fried, it's not that like, bad for you? I thought if you had the temperature hot enough, the fat didn't get in. Yeah. And it's kind of okay. It's
2: kind of okay. Like, the deep fried stuff that you get at KFC, that's that's bad for that's you. That's bad. But, that's the, like, but <laughs> the cast iron two-inch skillet oh, okay. stuff is not as bad for you. And I'm just going to... And guess what? If I read that wrong, I'm just going to believe that it's not yeah, that valid for me. Keep telling me, right? Keep telling me that. Right?
8: telling me that. So thoughts. we
2: learned today that Jamaican bitters are awesome and fried chicken is a health food. It's a health food. <laughs> it's a health food.
9: It's absolutely a health food. I read the other day that I was looking for recipes to make up pudding, like yeah. caramel pudding, and, and this one was like, this is really healthy, low in fat, high in calcium and protein. I was like, all right, yeah. I'll just make some caramel pudding. <laughs> you know, look, I, th- <laughs> Why not?
2: I think the biggest issue is processed food. I think if you could just eat good ingredients, like, okay, this pizza that we're eating, probably not every day, but essentially it's just bread and sauce and... Good cheese. Good cheese. Yeah.
8: Yeah, I'm reading this uh, Joseph Mitchell book, and this one section is all about the Fulton Fish Market, and uh, there's this big section that that he hangs out with this 93-year-old guy who's pretty much only eaten seafood his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes into this big and this is like in the 40s and he goes off on like bread you'd get at the supermarket or whatever you got it there and said he would never eat it and that it's trash and this guy seemed like was the first person that was completely against processed foods and I think he lived to like be 100 just yeah,
9: I, it's it's really a, everything now. is just going back to the way things were yeah. before all the processing, or trying to like the whole like dry aged steak thing. It's like every steak used to be dry aged. Yeah. yeah, that was the way you did it, and now it's like the special thing. We actually dry age our own steaks at home too, which is nice. are you serious? Yeah, oh, yeah, we mess with that. We've definitely done what's, <laughs> a couple of porterhouses. What's long as you let a steak go? I just go like two or three days tops. Okay, and then it starts to dry out. And then you I, know- I do the Heston Blumenthal method of just like. The hot sear. sear 15 seconds flip 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 for two minutes done really flip every 15 seconds it never lets either side cool down so it builds a nice crust gets it nice and medium
2: i usually just do like a two minute two minute you know carlo totally at blanca do. does an 85 day what
9: steak. get out Whoa. of here 85 it's that it's like it's, <laughs> it's like, like, a, like jerky by the end but it's like No, it's got like no. a funky
2: blue cheese moldy Ooh, delicious yeah.
8: Just cut that right off. You
2: can't be afraid of the funk in both no. music and steak, no. you know? No,
8: certainly not.
2: So what's the plans for you guys? Tour coming?
8: Yeah, we start tour on May 29th in Boston, and then we come back and wrap up in New York at Music Hall at Williamsburg on the 30th of June.
2: Oh, so you guys are out for a month.
8: Yeah, and then we'll be out again.
2: So what, you going north and around? Circle, yeah. Circle. One of my favorite burrito places is up in Boston. You guys go to Anna's Taqueria?
9: Ooh, oh, I, I have been there. It's incredible. The yeah. burrito there. I had it like a decade ago, so I don't know if it's, it's the still same. the same, but oh my God. Do you know the Soul Clap guys? Yeah. Okay, I'm good friends with Charlie from growing up. Yeah. Family friends, so we used to go there. Oh man, it's up good. That
2: was like the first Mission-style, like steamed cheese type of burrito quesadilla so thing good. I've ever had. Go there. Yeah, we to. It's good. Yeah, that's really on should. the list. Yeah. So you guys are just doing all North America? You guys dip into Canada?
8: Yeah, we're doing Mo- Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. Toronto's got great food and Montreal, too.
2: montreals that's my hometown. It's my dad's restaurant Where's
9: Joe Beef at? Is that in Montreal? Montreal, Montreal yeah. Dude, call them to so get a res. I know, right? Seriously. amazing would be amazing. Yo, our band loves your restaurant. Our <laughs> band loves your <a> restaurant. <laughs> if you're listening right now, Joe Beef, guys, will definitely come check it out.
2: Or just go to Schwartz's or go to Fairmont Bagels or things like that. Just get some of that dirty poutine. Yeah. Right? Totally. Uh, so I want to thank you guys coming on. What's all the nuts and bolts? Where can people buy the album?
8: Um... Just you can just get it at our website small-black dot com, or just grab it from Jag Jaguar or iTunes, Amazon. It's on all, all those various places.
2: And can people the follow the tour on Twitter, Instagram, what are those?
8: Yeah, um, like it's on Facebook. Facebook. It's pretty easy to find if you just Google Small Black. Uh, small BLK is the t- is the Twitter handle. So.
2: And where's the name from?
8: Uh, I moved to Portland on a whim once, and I was living in this really sort of screwed up house. And there was a pack of raccoons that lived in the attic. Okay. And we named them all, and one of them was named Small Black, and that's we named. That was the name of the band. Interesting. Well, shout out to uh, Lissa. Lissa, what, what do you got? Come with- Tumblr, Tumblr. Uh, Tumblr. Oh, the Tumblr. Tumblr. Yeah. Smallblack.tumblr.com. Yeah. 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 I love Tumblr. Tumblr.
2: Which just got bought by Yahoo today for a yeah. billion dollars. Really? Wow.
9: That's a lot.
2: <laughs> that's a lot of money. Yeah
9: that's really the way to make money
2: I, I guarantee you Tumblr's sabering champagne bottles right now I think that's hey, what you Tumblr, do guys
9: we love you guys
2: I think that's what happens when you sell for like a billion I think that's what Instagram did they just saber it. they get those like big comically sized magnums the
9: Shandon, yeah. like the magnum like, yes the yeah, Shandones
2: yeah. which are crazy because they're like a hundred thousand dollars it's yeah. like a hundred I don't know we,
9: we drink that sometimes after shows oh we yeah It's get a novelty like
8: human sized bottle
2: and just saber it with one of the guitars Awesome. All right, so what's the last song we're going to
8: get? We're going to do all these Despicable Dogs.
2: Awesome. Well, Small Black, Ben, everybody, thank you so much. We will be off next week because we will be enjoying a day of barbecue. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, you guys got barbecue plans for Memorial Day?
8: Oh, yeah. yeah. We're working
2: on it. Oh, you're working on it. We're
8: working
2: on it. <laughs> working on it. Start aging those. Hey, man, do we get some funky steaks for next for next Monday, steak and shrimp. Yeah. That's what I'll do we're the, the 80 do. day. 80, 85. <laughs> 85 day. I know, right? That's
9: that's really really that's bold. Dedication. Yeah.
2: I it scares me, but obviously I I don't know. It's
9: fine. It's fine. Yeah.
2: Okay, here we go. Small black. second see the scene two weeks. Thank you guys.
3: Oh.